Welcome to Foundations of Pentecost, dedicated to the repairing, restoring, preserving, and perpetrating the Foundations of Pentecost. It is our prayer that as you listen, you will be encouraged and strengthened in your faith. And now, today's study from the Scripture. We are in the middle of a series entitled Messages from Malachi, in which we are studying the last book of the Old Testament. So if you would this morning, turn to Malachi chapter 2. Malachi chapter 2, and we're going to be reading the first nine verses. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and invite His presence to be with us. Father, we're thankful for the privilege we have to come before You for the opportunity to study Your Word. Lord, I pray that You would open our hearts and minds to receive Your Word, to apply it to our hearts and lives, to live it in our day-to-day life, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Malachi chapter 2, And now, O ye priest, this commandment is for you. If ye will not hear, and if ye will not lay it to your hearts, to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already, because ye do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feast, and one shall take you away with it. And ye shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him of life and peace. I gave them to him for fear, wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth, and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and did turn many away from iniquity for the priest's lips should keep knowledge and they should seek the law at his mouth for he is the messenger of the lord of hosts but ye are departed out of the way ye have caused many to stumble at the law ye have corrupted the covenant of levi saith the lord of hosts therefore have i also made you contemptible and base before all the people according as ye have not kept my ways but been partial in the law. The Bible says that the priest to whom Malachi wrote had corrupted the ministry to which God had called them. They did not fear him or revere his name in their ministry or in their exemplary righteous life. Because of this, instead of receiving the blessings of Deuteronomy chapter 28, they would experience the curses of their disobedience. Malachi is speaking to the priests of his day, and, uh, but there is much of what he says that applies to us and, uh, applies to, uh, and that we can learn from, from what he has to say to them in this. He tells them in verse 2, I will curse your blessings, and it is from this uh, phrase that we've taken the title for our uh, lesson, which is a cursed blessing. First of all, we find that Malachi is telling them that one of the purposes of the priest is to teach the law of God. In verse 7 he says, For the priest's lips should keep knowledge that they should seek the law in his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. One of the responsibilities of the priest is to teach the law in such they are to impart knowledge 
Uh, it is the responsibility of those that are in leadership. It is the responsibility to teach the law. This applies not only to, to preachers, but it also applies to parents because uh, it is the parent's job and especially the father's job to be the priest for his family and, and, and to teach and to train his family. And so uh, we are to impart knowledge to one uh, uh, to our children and to the those that are younger it is the responsibility of the elders within the church to teach those that are younger and and coming up in the book of Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 the bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge i will also reject thee that thou will be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God, I will also forget thy children. It is important that we have a knowledge of the word of God. It is important that we teach the word of God. We cannot get by with just having worship services in which uh, we sing and we we. Uh, uh, enjoy the presence of the Lord if we do not take time uh, to impart the knowledge of the Word of God. Uh, we must know who God is. And the only way that we can truly know who God is is through the Word of God because the Word of God teaches us who He is. Not only are they to impart knowledge, but the Bible says that the priest were to be a messenger from God. Not just to give knowledge, not just to teach, but they were to have a message directly from God. Acts chapter 6, beginning at verse 2 says, Then the twelve called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God to serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out amongst you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. The apostles were saying, we cannot leave the importance of studying the word of God and learning from the word of God and imparting the word of God and praying and seeking God for a message from God to deliver to his people to wait on tables to do other things. And so uh, they said, let's look out seven men that are full of the Holy Ghost that can take up some of the daily responsibilities that we are involved in so that we might be able to impart the word of God and so that we not be distracted. That is the reason that a church uh, pays a pastor and one of the uh, main purposes of the pastor is to be able to spend time in prayer and the word of God. That is why he is he is paid so that he doesn't have to work another job. Is not so that he can uh, simply wait on the needs of the congregation but so that he can have time to spend alone with God that when he enters the pulpit he might have a message 
from God, a message directly from God. And so the priests were responsible to have a message from God. But we see in Malachi's day, the message that they had was not always a message direct from God. The law of God was not in his mouth, but it was supposed to be. And so it is today a lot of times we have people that have sermons. They have uh, oratory skills. They may have have uh, uh, a speech, but it is not always a message directly from God. And we need men of God who will have a message from God. Then the Bible goes on to tell us that in verse 9, that they have been partial with the law. And the priest is to be without partiality. First of all, they were not to be a respecter of persons. In James chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, the Bible says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come into your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come also a poor man in with vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say to him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool, are ye not then partial in yourselves, and become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs in the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you, and they draw you before their judgment seats. Do not they blaspheme thy worthy name by which ye are called. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and convince of the law of the, as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. It was the responsibility of those that are ministering in the gospel and preaching the gospel not to have respect of persons. The priest of, their, of Malachi's day wanted to be popular, and so uh, they wanted to gain friends. Uh, but the people of God did not have any respect for them. The priest uh, received uh, their uh, support from the people and and they were fed by the meat from off the altars and so they wanted to be sure that there was food on the tables because they were living in a time when the economy was, was bad and taxes were high and money was scarce and so only the devout in Israel were bringing sacrifices and they did not want to offend those that were bringing sacrifices by telling them that their sacrifice was not good enough when they brought the blind and the, and the crippled as a sacrifice instead of bringing a perfect sacrifice. And so the priest did not want to offend them and endanger uh, the uh, income that they had and and endanger the ability for them to have food on the table and so they were willing to accept that that was less than perfect in order to receive something uh, from the people not only when we talk of of preaching and 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 uh, 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 being partial in the law of God uh, does it have to do with having respect of persons, but I believe it can also apply 
to the fact that sometimes uh, they would minister the word of God in part. They only uh, taught part of the law of God. They encouraged the people to bring a sacrifice, but they did not encourage them to bring a perfect sacrifice. Uh, serving at the altar had become a job for them and not a ministry. They did it to please themselves and not to glorify the Lord. And so they were willing to settle for less than the best and encourage the people to bring whatever was available. Uh, they preached the blessings of the Lord uh, and omitted his righteous requirements. And this is something that is abominable before the Lord. As a result, we find that there was a lost generation. In verse 8, it says, But ye are departed out of the way. Ye have caused many to stumble at the law. Ye have corrupted the covenant of Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. When we do not teach and preach the whole uh, word of God, the entire word of God, when we show partiality and judgment, when we do not follow the word of God as it is written, we cause others to stumble. When we do not live according to the word of God, when we do not do what we claim, when we have a Christianity that is less than what we claim to have, when we live hypocritical lives, it becomes a stumbling block for others. In the book of Luke chapter 17, Jesus said, the Bible says, Then said he unto his disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. The Bible says that it is better for him to have a millstone hung about his neck and be cast into the sea than that he offend. This word offend does not mean to hurt one's feelings, but it means to cause one to stumble or to cause one to sin. It is better off that we die than that we cause someone else to fall into sin. But so many times the inconsistencies in our life will cause others to sin. In verse 3, Malachi tells them speaking for the Lord, he says, Behold, I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feast, and one shall take you away with it. It is something that is abhorred of the Lord, something that is terrible, something that is horrible that he speaks of and he says it i will spread dung upon your seed upon on your children your children will become abhorred of of you and of the lord and will be cast out from the midst because of the offenses because you have caused them to stumble they will be abhorred they will be lost or they will be cursed by God, it is a, a serious thing when we lose our children, when we lose the next generation. And the reason that often we lose the next generation is the inconsistency and the insincerity of parents. Our children will be the first ones to notice hypocrisy in the lives of parents. And far too many children have been lost. And I know every person 
has to make the decision for themselves. They cannot blame it on their parents when they are lost, when they do not accept the Lord. And yet, on the other hand, we have a responsibility to live a life of purity, a life of holiness before our children. And far too many people have seen their parents live one way at church, preach one way at church, talk one way at church and live a different life at home and they have seen these inconsistencies in their life and it has caused them to turn away from Jesus Christ and they have been lost because of the inconsistencies of the parents when they see them not giving a perfect sacrifice when they see them not giving a whole sacrifice unto the Lord they turn away. And as a result of this, we find that this in, in Malachi's day, they began to have a meaningless revival. We talked about it in our previous lessons, the fact that this was to be, should have been a time of revival and appeared on the surface to be a time of revival because it was during this time that Jerusalem was being rebuilt, the temple was being rebuilt, the walls were being rebuilt under Ezra and Nehemiah, and, and it was seemingly a time of revival. And yet, during what was a supposed time of revival, there was blatant disobedience to the Word of God. Many times we think we are having revival because we have good services, because we come and we can feel something when we come to the house of the Lord, because we can rejoice and we can sing and we can work up the emotions. But if we are walking in disobedience to what the Word of God says, it is not a true revival. It is a meaningless revival. And yet so many times we think we are having a revival. We think we are having the presence of the Lord because we feel something. But emotions can be deceptive. Our heart is desperately wicked above all things. <coughs> and who can know it? And so when we are walking in disobedience, it is not a true revival. Sometimes our lack of revival comes not only from disobedience, but there are other times that we are just disinterested in revival. God can bring a real move. He can pour out His Spirit. There can be a real fire of God, and yet uh, it does not make a difference. When Elijah was on Mount Carmel, he began to pray and the fire of God fell upon the altar. And oft times we preach about the fire of God and we preach about the revival that happened when Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel and how the fire fell on the altar and, and, and the need for the fire of God. But immediately after that, we find Elijah goes into depression. And, and often we condemn Elijah for, for his depression and for his fear. But the fact of the matter is, Elijah realized that the fire that fell on Mount Carmel did not amount to anything. Because even though God displayed 
His holiness, and though God displayed His miraculous power, it did not make a difference in the lives of the individual. Israel did not turn away from Baal worship. Israel never turned back to God. And so Elijah became discouraged because though the fire of God fell, though God had displayed and manifest wonders among the people to prove who he was, yet it did not change the people. Oftentimes we think what we need in the church today is is we need miracles in the church. If people would begin to get up out of their wheelchairs, if the blind eyes would be opened, if we could see miraculous things happen more often in our church, it would draw people unto him. But Jesus said it is a wicked and an adulterous generation that seeks after a sign. Because the fact of the matter is, oftentimes people's hearts do not change even when they see the power of God. And to see the power of God without a change in their hearts and in their lives is meaningless. People are disinterested oftentimes in true revival. Often it is even the people that claim to be the people of God that are disinterested in revival. And then there is a disregard for the Word of God. Oftentimes we talk about when David brought the ark to Jerusalem and we preach and we talk about how that David rejoiced and danced before the Lord as the ark was brought into Jerusalem. But this was the second attempt. On the first attempt, as they began to bring the ark, they were carrying the ark of the Lord on a cart like the Philistines had done. They were copying their attempt to bring the presence of the Lord after the world. They were doing it in a worldly fashion. And far too often in the church, we try to bring uh, God's presence into the church by pattering our worship after the world. Many of the churches today, uh, it uh, looks like a Hollywood show. A lot of times we try to uh, uh, mimic the things that the world does so that, that we can uh, bring in the presence of the Lord and usher the presence of the Lord. But when Uzziah or uh, Uzzah reached out and, and, and uh, to steady the ark because the oxen shook, God struck Uzzah dead there and, 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 and brought against him. But when we look at what was taking place, there was the same rejoicing that was going on. There was the same jubilation that was going on up until God struck someone dead. Uh, there was uh, shouting and music and praise and worship that was going on if you read about it even in this first attempt, until God struck someone dead. What was the reason? Because God's word had said that you are to, that the priests are to carry the ark. And rather than carrying the ark on the shoulders of the priests, they were trying to bring it in on a cart in the way that the world had done. There was a disregard for the word of God. They were ignoring the way that God had told them. They were trying to do it in their own way, and far too often we try to usher in the presence of God 
in our own way. Christians today need to challenge other believers to dive below the surface of shallow Christianity. Not only challenge other believers, but we need to challenge ourselves to dive below the surface of shallow Christianity. We must take the responsibility for our own spiritual growth. <coughs> Far too often, we just are checking off the task on our spiritual to-do list. Are we, are we growing? Christians can fall into ritualism just like the Jews of Malachi's day. When Christians stop taking advantage uh, of and stop taking their relationships with God seriously. Life becomes a spiritual drudgery, and worship loses its meaning. Thank you, Lord, for your word. God, I pray that we would dig deeper. Lord, that we would not just become ritualistic in our worship. Lord, so often, even, even though uh, our worship may be energetic, and even though uh, our worship may be filled with emotion, sometimes it is still ritualistic. Sometimes we do not have that deep communion with you. But Lord, I pray that our worship would be fellowship with you. Lord, I pray that in our worship and in our praise and in our devotion, Lord, that it would be that we might have communion and fellowship with you, that we might have a relationship with you and experience with you, that we might walk with you and know you for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. This has been Foundations of Pentecost. We trust that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like to know more, please visit us at Foundations of Pentecost.